0: Hello everyone and inside today's episode of Locked on Canadians we're going to recap the loss to the Ottawa Senators and talk about what the Canadians can do to rebound against the Anaheim Ducks on Thursday night and then of course because World Juniors are right around the corner we have a little bit more World Juniors discussion pertaining to one Uri Slavkovsky all that and more inside today's show Locked on Canadians your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 747 of Lockdown Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every single day of the week if you're listening listeners is wherever you get your podcast. And if you are watching us on YouTube right now, thank you so much for subscribing. Please ring the bell so you know when we post new videos, go live, do anything else fun and exciting. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlow, of course, and I'm joined, as always, by the Active Stick Laura Saba, and it was a doubleheader game night for myself. So before we dive into what's going on here, I was able to watch the Canadian Sens game in bits and pieces as I was covering the Laval Rocket for Eyes on the Prize tonight. Laura, it was good. It was real, real bad, and it was almost great, and then it was bad again. Canadians lose 3-2 to the Ottawa Senators in a game that Uh, almost made Martin St. Louis get fined by the NHL in his post-game press conference. Um, What are our feelings coming out of this game? Because I'm annoyed, but not as annoyed as I would have been if they continued to play like they did in the second period tonight.
1: So I think for me, I kind of saw this coming in a way. I felt like we were going to be treated to something like this. I was hoping for a boring game. Instead, we got the shenanigans. And I don't necessarily... I think it was better than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a circus. I thought it would be completely devolved. And it wasn't. But at the same time, the officiating did kind of make the story. It was the story. And I didn't love that.
0: Yeah, and... I. (laughs) You know what, fine, we're, we're going to get this part out of the way early on because I don't want to spend too much time talking about officiating, but not good. It was fine, and then it was just very not good based on what I saw from replays on Twitter because obviously the Rocket game was coming down to the end there and I had to shift my focus. The Kirby Doc extra two minutes for uh, criticizing the officials for a very weak call, in my opinion, uh, is just Officials not being able to handle criticism of anything, and I've seen far more egregious things in games. Some that have been called, some that have not. And if officials are going to be there to curse and swear back at players, yes, hello Brendan Gallagher. If you can't take Kirby Doc saying that's a bleep call, I don't know if he's what he said started with a B or an S. I'm not a great Ripley lip reader, mind you. But far worse things have been directed at officials that have been picked up on Mike's. This was not. And then he slammed the door and they gave him an extra two minutes on top of that for abuse of officials, which he hurt the ref's feelings. And that's exactly what he did. I think he did earlier after the uh, earlier call where he was called for, I believe it was slashing, which if that was the standard for slashing across the NHL, fine. It's not, which is the issue. And it kind of turned the game there. In the second period, the Ottawa Senators took advantage of the Canadians' so-so penalty kill with their very strong power play. We said this in our preview episode, to stay out of the box in this game. And they did not do that, and that's a problem. The officials were not great, but the Canadians have to know that this was not the way to success. And that's what I think makes this the most frustrating thing overall is that they... They kind of shot themselves in the foot and then had to dig themselves out of that hole, which is not what you need to do in games like this at all.
1: And that's the thing. But I do also have to say that Camp Talbot was amazing. He played really, really well. I mean, you're not you're not agreeing with me.
0: I, I can't really say that. Again, I only got to see bits and pieces of this. Okay. It, he of was this very,
1: as, particularly in that first segment, he was phenomenal. I thought the Canadians were really good. I was looking at the underlying numbers and I was convinced that the Canadians were leading in most categories, if not all categories, at even strength. And um, I would say, you know, uh, most, most of the game. And it's true, they did kind of ha- take a step back in the second period a little bit. Uh, allowed the Ottawa Senators to pad that lead. And I I still look at them, though. I, I look at the game, and I still think the Canadians played better. I still think the Canadians played much better, to my eye. So for me, I'm not, I'm not disappointed in the result. I'm just kind of annoyed because it could be a win. And if it was any other team, I'd be like, eh, but it's the Ottawa Senators. And you really don't want to lose to, I think... Was it you, Scott, that said that they might be the most unlikable team in the Atlantic?
0: I mean, I said that in a private chat, but yeah, it's just...
1: No, I I, I know you said it in a private chat. I just don't think that you're ashamed of that opinion, because I think it's oh, true. And I'm
0: not, because here's the thing. Is, <laughs> I get it. People don't like the Canadians, and they have any reason to not like the Canadians. That's all well and good. Toronto's star players, save for Austin Matthews, all appear to be very likable people. William Nylander, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Morgan Riley, all seem like very well-liked people. Austin Matthews is, he's not my cup of tea because I i don't get anything that he does fashion-wise or friends-wise or anything else like that. But like a team with like Travis Hamanick and like Austin Watson and Mark Kasich and all these guys, I'm like, what is there to like about you? You you all feel very like there's an old tweet about short guys getting in fights and then just going, Oh, I'm a small guy, and then not getting punched in the face repeatedly. At a certain point, you should just you just you just stop can't stop yourself and you punch them in the face, anyways. Uh it's a frustrating game because I'm looking at natural stat trick and honestly, pretty much a dead heat in most things. Senators had more high danger chances, Canadians had more expected goals, expected goals for a percentage like. It's a pretty evenly split game. Even when the Canadians were bad at even strength, it was still kind of even. And this game was decided due to their lack of composure. And we talked about it. You can't do that. You got to keep your composure there. I get it. You don't like this team. And they sure as hell don't like you. No one knows why, but you don't. So just move on from this. And I am very interested to see what, Happens in tomorrow night's game against the Anaheim Ducks because Martin St. Louis got a teeny bit mad at the officials. And by that, I mean he wouldn't blame the officials, but he came damn close to doing so. And speaking of the Ducks, the Canadians do play them on Thursday night at the Bell Center. It's going to be interesting because the Ducks are not very good, but the Canadians are on a back-to-back. We're going to talk about what they need to do to win and all that coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at betonline.net. As always, if you are looking for a one-stop shop for all of your betting needs, NHL is in full swing. MLB offseason heating up and insane. That Carlos Correa contract, absolutely nuts. The NBA is in full swing. NCAA football bowl season is here. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. So you need to check out betonline.net. They have everything you need in one spot. Scores, injury reports, news, lines, odds, everything you need. In one spot, you can check it out on your computer or use your mobile device to log in and check out all the action. And that is betonline.net. And remember, betonline, it's where the game starts. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians, and we are going from one game against a team that has created a very heated rivalry, to, I think the team in the NHL with potentially the least rivalry, the least amount of rivalry, least amount of bad blood, I don't know, the Anaheim Ducks. And boy, are the Anaheim Ducks not good. They are very, very not good. And I know, because I tweeted this earlier, it's going to be wild when the Montreal Canadiens somehow lose to this team, and I do not know how to explain that feeling.
1: My understanding is that they have been shut out for three games in a row. I... (sighs) That's ripe for them shutting the Montreal Canadiens out and like winning like 7-1 or what, sorry, 7-0 or whatever, Um, shutting out. I've forgotten the definition of a shutout. I just, you know, our friend JD uh, at Locked On Ducks is in despair. It is is a significant shutout streak. It is a significant losing streak. And it just feels like this is the kind of team that the Montreal Canadiens are going to play down to. And lose. now, I think this is a good test for Martin St. Louis, because if he is who he, we believe he is, the Canadians need to beat up on this team. Otherwise, it's going to be extremely unconvincing. Uh, Scott, are you looking at the roster of the Anaheim Ducks and wondering who all of those guys are?
0: Yes! Who the <laughs> hell is Glenn Godin? Who is Jason Megna? What is a Brett Leeson? Like, John Klingberg is an Anaheim Duck? When did Who is Austin Strand and Colton White? Who are these people that are going to beat the Canadians tomorrow? I haven't even the looked Minnesota at their...
1: Wild of Southern California.
0: Okay, so their leading scorer is Troy Terry, who has twenty-seven points in thirty games. I haven't looked at what Nick Suzuki's goal total point totals are for the season yet. I don't know if it includes tonight, but it does not. So Nick Suzuki has thirty points in uh, less games. I, I look at this team and, and wow, it's, it's, it's ugly. Like it's, it's real ugly. Like across it. I haven't even gotten to what the goalie stats look like yet. And I'm kind of afraid to, because I know John Gibson has been uh, hurt this season a little bit. Oh, wow. Oh, that's John Gibson is their top goalie. Laura, can you guess what his save percentage is?
1: Okay, I'm making a face for those of you who are listening
0: and not on the YouTube.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it is 829.
0: Oh, well, one, you're way meter than I am. You are right about it starting with an eight. He is their top goalie, and he has an 896 save percentage in 22 games played. Anthony Stolars has an 889 and 13, and Lucas Dostal in two games has an 849. This has all the markings of a get right game for the Montreal Canadiens, and it should because the Ducks are not very good. Use this to figure out how you can get some of these other guys going in the lineup. It like this should be a game that Yolar Armia should have a big night against because he's better than the Ducks bottom six. He's not playing great, but he is better than them. And I thought he, he had a
1: little snake bitten. I don't know. I don't. You said you didn't watch all of tonight, but there was a bunch of almosts almost Joel Armia.
0: He's got the yips real bad. And I do yes. feel bad cuz at the end of the Calgary game in overtime he almost scored there.
1: He almost he, scored twice tonight.
0: He feels like he's very much on the precipice of get one and he's got like six and eight games coming up after that. Like the biggest thing in this game is what we learned from the Senators game is stay the hell out of the penalty box at this point. The Ducks power play is not good. But do not give it an opportunity because there is Trevor Zegers, there is Troy Terry, Jakob Silverberg, are guys who tend to play very well against the Montreal Canadiens and don't give them that opportunity. Do not let them up off the canvas. They got demoralized against Toronto. And yeah, Montreal is not Toronto. At the same time, you should be doing everything in your power to take out any of the frustrations left over from this game against the Senators on the Ducks. And Jake Allen is getting the start in that one because Samuel Montembeau started against the Senators. They're not going to rotate people on defense because, well, there is no one to rotate on defense. There's no extra forwards really to rotate in on offense unless they're going to call someone up after the game tonight, which I don't think they're going to do, which, sidebar, Anthony Richard, tallied four points tonight is now second in the AHL in total points leads and in goal scoring. I don't know how much clear I can make it that he deserves a call up at this point, but this game against the ducks, anything less than a convincing victory is a giant step backwards after a lot of good, positive things from the Canadians this week, they lost to the senators. Yeah. They still played well for much of that game. Minus the second period, they played well against the Calgary flames overall they can they can play and win these games. The Ducks game should be two points, and there, it shouldn't go into overtime. Should not go into a shootout. This should be two points in regulation, and anything less than that should lead to some drastic changes in the lineup or in whatever other way you're doing it. So I'm not going to make score predictions because I am. They have never ever gone well for me. But this should be the biggest get-right game of the season for the Canadians. It doesn't get any easier after this. This should be your way to get everything kind of back on track now.
1: I'm really worried because we keep talking like this that the Montreal Canadiens are going to lay a giant egg against the Anaheim Ducks. But they shouldn't. If all goes according to plan and if Marty's what we think he's made of, they shouldn't lose to the Anaheim Ducks. They really shouldn't.
0: And on Saturday, they face the Lightning. The Lightning are still a very good team. And then they go to Arizona. They go to 5,000-seat Mullet Arena on Monday, December 19th. They reunite with Arturi Lekanen in, uh, in Colorado on the 21st. They play the Stars on the 23rd. Then they play the Lightning again after Christmas. There's There are two games in here I can feasibly see the Canadians winning comfortably, and they're against two teams lower than them in the standings. The Lightning twice, the Stars and the Avalanche is not an easy task, and then they have the Panthers on the 29th. After that, on a back-to-back schedule is about to get real tough for the Montreal Canadiens. So if they want to build and try to, you know, mitigate damage here, this should be a game where you're throwing everything at them. Win big, win by 15 for all I care. Tank's gonna, Tank can take a night off for this because they're gonna face a real murderer's row here in a second. And I'd rather have positive things for them to build on than going into the roster freeze and everything else with losses piling up.
1: Yeah, 100%. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I, I, I agree with you there. I, there's nothing I have to add that would create any value.
0: And we are going to transition things a little bit here because World Juniors are starting soon. And Slovakia's coach, I believe it was his coach, had a few interesting things to say today on behest of Yuri Slavkovsky, and we're going to get into all of that coming up in our next segment. But first, folks, you're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and the evening comes to an end, and people start to head out, and you think of calling for a ride. And nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance is going to go up? You lose your license for a little bit. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads. And they're doing it to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So folks remember to drive sober or get pulled over. We are back here at Locked On Canadians and we're going to transition into World Juniors talk for a little bit here. And then this is also the point that I forgot to mention earlier. Thursday night after the Ducks game is our Friday mailbag recording episode. So please tweet us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, lockdown at gmail.com or in our YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk. Simple as that. So, and I'm going to continue to believe it was Slovakia's coach that said this today, is that they have not shut the door on your ice potentially being available to them for the upcoming World Juniors tournament. Obviously, Philip Machar is already there. The biggest part of this is, is that they said they have talked to the Canadians and the Canadians have not said no. And I think they're kind of waiting to see on player health and the team and everything else. And I still think it's going to be a no at this point. He has five points in his last seven games. He's looking pretty comfortable in a middle six role there with the Canadians. I don't see it, but at the same time, for the like reasons of it being like, personal and meaning a lot to Slavkovsky. I can see the Canadians potentially uh, acquiescing to this request and allowing him to go. We asks for it, but otherwise I'd really like to see him stay where he's at right now. But I do think him going and dominating world juniors would be a, a huge boost for Habs fans. I think him and Mashar play very well together. There's no guarantee Slovakia would win medals in this, but at the same time, I get why they might be holding out for him yet. I just, realistically, I, I just don't see it happening at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't see the Canadians sending him. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, this is a discussion that has been happening for the last couple of weeks, to be honest. And some people are torn, right? Like, And even till now, even if you remove the World Juniors possibility, people are torn about whether he should play in the AHL or the NHL just because they want... It's, it's the difference between the message it sends him and the way that he's playing and the difference between the number of minutes and situations you want him to play. Uh, I think the Canadians, even if they're taking their time with him, I think they still want to keep him at the NHL level. I believe Jeff Gorton, if it, out of the two, I think it was Jeff Gorton that said that there would be no reason to send him if he kept playing the way that he was playing. And I've seen so much good in him, particularly in the last few games, that I think that it's worth it to keep him in the NHL. But again, it's very much like you said, if it's something where it's a goodwill gesture to the player because he wants to go and he wants to play for his country and he wants to, you know, do that and uh, play among the best of the best. But he's already played in the Olympics against, you know, other countries against men from other countries, I would say, you know, even though the NHL didn't go like he got a chance to, to, to do it on a bigger stage. So, I don't know. I think it I think for him he probably just wants to do whatever is going to make him the best hockey player. But if there's a reason that he wants to go, like the Canadians should give him that opportunity just because they can, right? They they can afford to give him that little bit more of development because, you know, there's there's people that they can call up. I know that the the there's some injuries in the lineup right now, but Jonathan Drouin is back, right? So like there's a little bit of of possibility just for the sake of if he wants to or not. But at the same time, I get that it could be a situation where you don't want the player to drive the decisions. You want the team to drive the development decisions. I think it's really interesting which, which thing they decide to do, even though we all know that it is quite unlikely that they send him to the World Juniors.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is, it's like, I look at his international numbers playing for the, in the Olympic qualifiers, he had an assist in three games, obviously seven goals in seven games. He was, you know, Olympic MVP. Like he was incredible for Slovakia. And then he added nine points in eight world, uh, world championships games. Like he thrives on an international stage. That that's always kind of been apparent looking at some of his stuff, but at the same time, he's playing really well for the Canadians right now. I don't, I don't see the need to take him out of the lineup there and create a gap that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, yes, Elon could be there, Rafael Harvey-Penard, whomever, but I'd rather just see Uri Slefkowski there because all due respect to those two guys, they'll get their shot you know, post-deadline or whatever. Slefkowski's on a bit of a heater right now. He's playing really strong hockey, looking so much more confident in everything. Sending him to a different uh, level of play where it might be a little bit slower than the NHL, he might go out there and just torch everybody he's playing against in these games. And I mean, light them up. He's physically bigger than most people at this tournament, if not everyone. But then he's got to go back to the NHL. And then there's going to be that weird adjustment from world junior speed to NHL speed, which is like going from playing on rookie in NHL to playing on all star. If you're not prepared, it could stunt some of that progress that he's made. And I think that's the biggest thing. His work with Adam Nicholas is clearly paying off. Keep that going at the NHL level. If they send him to world juniors, cool, I'm going to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun because it's world juniors. It's one of my favorite parts of the winter is getting to, you know, sit down and getting up. used to get up at butt o'clock to watch them, but they're in a decent time zone, this year. a decent American time zone this year. I'm not meaning to slander our European friends. Sorry, Patrick. I swear it's nothing personal. But I would be thrilled to watch him there. I'm going to be watching for Philip Mashar anyways. But just looking at the, if he was struggling right now or being unable to get off that fourth line, I'd say send him, but he's not. He's in the top six and he's thriving right now or relatively speaking anyways. I don't see a reason for him to go, but I'm not going to be upset if they do it. Unless he comes back and he's terrible, then with the benefit of hindsight, I will be very mad at them because I have a podcast and they don't. So,
1: or he gets injured if they said. Why him, no? Injured.
0: Why why would you? Why would you say that part out loud? Sorry, Scott. I, the, the Reaper is appearing now over the Canadians' locker room as we speak because of this. Because no nice things are allowed for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. Uh, Laura, do you have any parting thoughts before we wrap up the show today?
1: Yeah. uh, What does taking a penalty have to do with being a first-round pick?
0: Uh, Nothing, because apparently uh, no first-round pick or first overall pick has ever taken a penalty. Conor McDavid famously never taken a penalty in his entire life. I mean, I suppose I would ask the Senators, but it would require them to have a first overall pick or a pick anyone cared about. But, um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's our show for today. We're going to get a little bit of shade in there at the end, even though it is 1030 at night here in Buffalo, New York. As I said earlier, off the top of the segment, please tweet us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians. We are going live right after the Ducks game is over with. So we will have all your questions. We will have that recap. We do have a bonus episode coming for this weekend. Just schedule. has got a little bit hectic this week with everything else going on. This is going to do it for us. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get your daily podcasts or on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we will see you all next time.